0: Welcome back to my dad's podcast, season two, My Blackest Challenge National. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye!
1: are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Ibe Lamberts and on today's episode this is one of our let's just conversations and I have on the show Miss Leslie Guam who will be joining me to talk about her experiences being a transnational Nigerian-American and also talking about her, conver- her experiences going from law into music that also led her to now be a fellow podcast host for a show called Diverse and we'll talk about all that coming up on the show. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. So if this is your first time listening to My Blackest Transnational, you can find this podcast on your favorite podcast listening apps, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or even the Anchor app, which is our flagship app for publishing these podcast episodes. So you can listen to this show anywhere. And if you like what you hear or what you've heard in past episodes, feel free to subscribe. Subscribe. We'd also appreciate if you rate and review the show, rate the show five stars, and let us know, let me know what you think about the show and what, you know, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. I really appreciate all feedback. You can also learn more about the show overall. You can check us out on our website at www.blacktransnational.wixsite.com slash podcast. And on the website, you can subscribe to the show. You can learn more about past guests and current guests and past season episodes and current season episodes you can learn about the history of the show if you want to also be part of the less just conversations you can also contact us through there and we'll be able to schedule something and set up a time for you to get on the air so there are many ways in which you can reach us and then also we're on instagram Uh, you can follow the podcast at black transnational podcast or you can follow me personally at black transnational underscore we are on twitter Um, our tweets need to be better, but we're on Twitter and it's at MB transnational. All right. So those are all the many ways that you can contact us and keep up with the show. We do appreciate your listening and your subscription. All right. So as far as the let's just conversations for those who are listening to this for the first time, I usually like to take these conversations and just make it as Less academic, but more chill and just relaxed and casual as possible. And we have on the show Leslie, who graduated from the University of Illinois, where all great people come from, in Urbana-Champaign. And uh, she's currently in Los Angeles, um, getting her MBA at UCLA, but also working um, in the music industry. She actually was a lawyer in Chicago before she moved to L.A., and she talks about her experiences going from law to music and how she stumbled upon being a co-host for a really dope podcast called The Verse, where they talk about hip hop, R&B, and just all types of music and how it makes us feel and what it, you know, how it transitions from era to era. So we get a little bit of a, I got a little bit of a sample of that in, our, in my conversation with Leslie. We get to talk about her experience going up, growing up, not going up, but going up too, but growing up and going up, we talk about what inspired her to go from music to law. We talk about her experiences as a young black woman growing up and her cultural influences and and why she loves black culture so much. And then we also get to sample a little bit of the, the, the music conversations that she typically has on the verse. We talk a little bit about hip-hop and R&B and neo-soul. So, so you get to hear me be a little bit more relaxed and loose and, and just more more chilled and goofy. I, you see a little bit of that side of me as well. So I do hope you enjoy the conversation that we had as much as I did. So I'll stop talking now as far as rambling and let you all listen to... The conversation I had with Ms. Leslie Guam. I hope you all enjoy. It. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to My Blackest Transnational. Today, we're having our Les Gist episode again. And today, I have on a guest, special guest on the show, another fellow podcast host, Ms. Leslie Guam, who is calling, who well, I'm calling, all the way from California, but always chi Illinois repping. And, um, you know, we're here to talk. What's going on, sis? How you doing? I'm great. Very blessed this Thanksgiving week. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. It's, uh, it's <laughs> oh just, yeah, that
0: time difference yeah, is real.
1: The time difference is real. You know, just finishing up with school and, and like we're like heading towards the end of the semester. So lots of grading, lots of just dealing with Eighteen-year-olds who's still trying to figure out life and got all these shenanigans going on that you got to try to guide them through it. You know their academic journey. So that's exhausting. But other than that, we're blessed and can't complain at all, man. How's the NBA life treating you? Well, let me. I'm 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 i bearing the lead already. I want to go and allow you some time <laughs> to, to to introduce yourself. But you know, I'll digress and let you kind of just introduce yourself to our listeners real quick.
0: Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm a fellow podcaster, I'm also a fellow alumni. which nice. is how we met. Yes. Um, so originally from Chicago land suburbs, went to law school after graduating from University of Illinois, practiced law for about three years, and then I decided that this is not for me. I've always wanted to work in entertainment, so I moved to L.A. after being accepted to UCLA's MBA program. Been here for a year and a half. Um, been working in the industry and in various internships and whatnot ever since. And I also have a music podcast called The Verse, uh, where we discuss trends and hip hop music and we tend to be stuck in the 90s so we're trying to get back to current stuff. <laughs> <laughs> those are good days, times though. Uh, yeah. Those are
1: good times though. The 90s it's hard to get out of the 90s because It's the golden age. It's the golden age for every
0: genre. Yo,
1: it's the golden age and I, I and and we're going to I'm definitely going to touch on this with you um but first we're going to talk a little bit about one just your your experience because I got a couple of questions I want to ask you because I think you mentioned before on a bio that Guam is Nigerian right so I want to talk about I want to talk about your black culture and your transnational experiences then I want to talk about this whole law school thing because uh, you know (laughs) especially with having African parents I'm curious to see like what that journey how that journey was received I want to know about that too but um but first and foremost yeah like so what's your cultural background I know you have some Nigerian in you but is it fully Nigerian or not
0: uh, so no, my father is, is from Nigeria, like immigrated here over 30 years ago. Okay. And then my mother is partially Nigerian, partially American. So she grew up between the two continents, between Cleveland, Ohio, and, um, Nigeria, like that. her entire life until adulthood, when she met my father and decided to settle down in the United States. So I have a very eclectic background, um, so I didn't actually get to Nigeria itself until I was 26 years old. Wow. So, yeah, that was quite the experience getting there and being like, oh, this is what you're talking about. Like, people speak like you everywhere here. Yeah. <laughs> like, even let just, that is a Nigerian term if I've ever heard one. Yep. Didn't I... hear it from anyone else other than my parents until I left the continent. <laughs>
1: So did you go with your parents or did you go with your parents or did you like have to like go on a solo mission to Nigeria? Like how did that go?
0: Oh yeah, I went with my parents for my uh, cousin's wedding and my grandmother's ninetieth birthday, Mm -hmm. all the same weekend. Very eventful. It was like a crash course in Nigerian culture. Uh No, you know, I know nobody parties like Nigerians.
1: Oh no, no, we're untouchable. they're, just, they're very, are very few that can, they can, they can match us, but they can't beat us. <laughs> like on the turn, right? Up, exactly. <laughs> you can match the energy, but you can't beat us. So now it's curious, right? Like, so your mom, you said mm-hmm. your mom is half Nigerian, half American, and your dad yeah. is full Nigerian, full first generation immigrant. So, like, what was that mm-hmm. dynamic like? Like having a mom who was half Nigerian and half American. You said you had an eclectic upbringing. So, did that like what was that experience like as far as tapping into the black culture, the American black culture? Was your mom really in touch with that, or did she really fall uh, gravitate more to the Nigerian side? Like, how what were your influences as far as your black culture? Like, I'm I want to know
0: about that. I don't know why, but ever since like I can remember, I've been obsessed with black culture and black history. Like. Mm-hmm. I was reading books about Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King, like from kindergarten, uh, like voluntarily, and um, I'm pretty sure that was my my mom doing. But I also feel like my dad was also just very enthralled with Western culture, and I feel like he probably had watched it on TV, and so was so excited to finally be here that he also tried really hard to assimilate. Mm-hmm. But I still grew up with jollof, okay. and it, which is Nigerian jollof is the best, by the way. There is no debate, I don't understand why they Correct. have to walk yeah, no need for us when they're speaking the right it.
1: language. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know how to, you know how to do an interview. You're, uh, you're, you're speaking very
0: well, my sister. Come on, talk to us, John. To <laughs> hey, so I grew up with the best off. I grew up with you know plantain and then everything, and then you know I would hear my father speaking like pigeon on the phone to his friends and family members and things like that, but. I mean, my name is Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> so there's things, that thing, too. I mean, I have a, my Nigerian name is Ada because I'm the oldest, but, wow. uh, you know, I go by Leslie. So, so I mean, let say, like, eclectic. I grew up with Whitney Houston, but also Salah. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like a, a nice culture clash, and I say clash because there are things that, you know, going to school and things like sleepovers. Since when? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, like, even staying out past I don't know ten as a Nigerian woman,
1: oh. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Who's going? Who's a line? No, your popsy was not having that
0: at all. Exactly, Oh.
1: All. all, There's no way. I mean, we're sitting here. I mean, think like I just dropped the, the last episode with my my wife, and we were talking about you know our our, our son that's coming in March, but we have a daughter already. And
0: Congratulations, th-
1: by the th- way. Th- thank you so much, sis. I appreciate it. And we have, you know, we have a daughter here that's eight years old, and that is, when we talk about cultural clashes sometimes, I mean, you have those, that difference where I, even though I'm, you know, 1.5 or whatever, but I still hold Mm -hmm. on to a lot of those, like, old school Nigerian beliefs and approaches. So there's certain things that I'm very strict about, where compared to, like, my wife, and she's a little bit more open and understanding and that's the the American, at least that's what I charge uh-huh. it to. That's what I charge it to. Yeah. It's, it may not necessarily be American, but that's what I blame it on. But
0: uh, but um, <laughs> you know, so. no, it is. I mean, there's certain things like like going to school dances. Like my dad, he wasn't against it, but he just didn't understand it. He's right. like, why? Right. <laughs> but my mom was very encouraging. Like, I understand it's part of your social experience. You need to do these things, and yeah, I think exactly. that's because she grew up
1: in America. Exactly. I went
0: to high school in the United States, exactly. so she knew what it was like. So I get that. But it also things like. Me, I feel like it's a cardinal sin to walk in someone's house and not properly greet them. Of course, <laughs> right?
1: You're so. I mean, you sound so blended because I know you're, you're the same person who probably like went to those dances, but you also had that experience of your father saying, "Like, is that what I sent you to school for?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like is that what I sent you to school for? I didn't send you for that at all. So like why are you going to a dance? Is that what I'm dancing for? You can't dance at a party. and then it turned
0: into it turned into a long story about um, home mm-hmm. when I was curious. your age.
1: When I was your age, was I dancing? I was reading my book.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> Oh God.
1: Oh, I feel like we've all had that. And also, so I it's like it's it's so interesting to just hear from someone who has that blended experience and you know you you've grown all the way up to adulthood and you, you've, and you you went to Nigeria at 26 like what was holding them back like you just was it they just didn't want to go like why so late I guess in this situation most people consider it late I guess but not really
0: yeah I know and I I don't know I really feel like my dad got wrapped up in work and things even he didn't even go that often himself it wasn't like he was going and leaving us behind He probably went about four times before mm-hmm. without us, So that's not a lot from zero to 26. So I think he just really got wrapped right up in what he was doing in the States. So then when he went back with us, he started going more and more often. And I think he's been back every year since. But okay. so I think when you get older, you just realize what matters to you, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And your mom, did she was she an avid, like, advocate for traveling? Or was she just like, it's whatever, <laughs> like...
0: Yeah, yeah. She was like, you know, they should go. They should go. But I also have a sister who um has a disability, so it's not as easy to get around right, right. with her as well. So you have to factor that that thing in. But um, as I was sort of like circling back to the uh, shared experience of Nigerian first generation Nigerian American people. Um, I was talking to an executive at um, Endeavor, the talent agency, mm-hmm. who is also Nigerian. And I recognize I saw his last name, and I asked him where he's from. He told me he's Nigerian, and I said as well. And then we ended up having a ten minute conversation about like the years we spent disappointing our parents, seeking careers in media. <laughs> 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 and I was like, it's such an immediate bonding experience. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, it is. And it's you know, it's you know, so interesting. I'll I'll get, I'll be very transparent in full disclosure, just because you know, mm-hmm. for the sake of it. So it's interesting because I'm sure you, you've heard of this the, the other podcast um, called uh, Jesus and Jalof.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Love you and... and uh,
1: yeah, lady, And Jesus and Jalof was the... I'm going to give you context before I get into my main point. Jesus and Jalof mm-hmm. was, was the podcast that inspired me to start this podcast. And it was out of sheer anger because... <laughs> it was, because <laughs> yo, it was. I'm not going to lie. I remember listening to it with my wife. We were in Orlando at the time before we moved up to New York. And they were saying all the things that I've been preaching about in my research and stuff, but they have put it on a podcast. And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you're stealing my shit. Like, I was like, they, they, <laughs> like I've been, they did an episode called Immigrant of the New Cool, which really, like, mm-hmm. hits, it really centered around everything that I've been wanting to plan this podcast around. And I was just like, yo. Like, but they did it. So, the first person in the finish line is the person who wins my mindset. But I was like, they got it. Fine. Whatever. I'm hating, you know. But, but in that episode, (laughs) in that episode, um, I think it was Yvonne. Yvonne was the one that mentioned something along the lines of like her being in LA and seeing somebody else who was a creative. And it's like, oh, you're Nigerian. And they were like, oh, so how'd the parents take it? They were disappointed. (laughs) And they just get into this whole conversation about how their parents were disappointed in the careers they chose and the life that they lead is not the right one. And I'm just, dying that you just brought up that same type of kind uh experience yes. <laughs>
0: it's so universal yeah.
1: so like so how so then that helps me transition then like how did the folks take it like you were a lawyer I'm sure you, that's like the big four for us uh, African parents like you're a doctor you're a lawyer you're an engineer and mm-hmm. you know so like you were doing that for a while and then you said you just wasn't feeling it and you decided to go to LA like wh- what was that like what inspired that and, and then also how did your parents like handle that
0: so I moved to L.A. because I've always wanted to work in music or even the great entertainment industry. And love Chicago, but it's not there mm-hmm. like it is in L.A. Um, so that's why I chose L.A. My parents were actually fine with MBA because they, in their minds, they put it together like, oh, you get MBA, you can become a high-check corporate attorney. Mm-hmm. Because I was doing disability law before, which isn't really as high-powered as right, like a corporate attorney. So they were thinking like, oh, that's what you're going to do. So when I came home over break, Talking about, I'm working at Universal Music Group. <laughs> they were like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I was like, so, what about security? I was like, uh, oh, music's been around for a long time." <laughs> it's be around and there was a long back and forth, and then I was like, "You will understand like, sooner or later." And they're coming around. <laughs> they
1: still haven't came around yet.
0: They they, they're coming around. They're taking it's, their time. <laughs> yes, exactly. It helps that my most recent job was a. Uh, business and legal affairs position. Okay. So they like, oh, okay, okay. So we can still say you're doing well. law. <laughs> right, right, right. So they can still go and tell
1: their people that, hey, my daughter's doing well. I is doing well.
0: She <laughs> <laughs> read <love>. law. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay, so so for you, though, you just want, so you've always wanted to be in music. So like, what are you currently doing now in music? Like, what is your exact passion? Or what do you even aspire to do with that?
0: I am, um, while well, I'm currently working you know, at a label uh, in their business and legal affairs department, but I would love to really move more into, like, the audio space, and, like, audio meaning podcasting, um, and, like, audio development, so helping find new talent and really align them with the right producers or even, like, sponsors, um, really get those, like, synergies going, um, so that's why I feel like my MBA can be really useful for that. So really as well cool. as you know hosts and i love podcasting yeah and particularly about music
1: and 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 we're you know we're definitely going to talk about that because but before we talk about that there's something i forgot to bring up because and, and i would be remiss if i didn't bring it up for the sake of the podcast listeners um mm-hmm. what was your experience i'm taking it back to your blended experience your blended eclectic experience what was your experience being born from, uh, with parents who were half Nigerian American, full Nigerian? What was your experience like connecting with those who were full Nigerian kids or those who were like African American? Like, did you notice the difference, the this the tension because you were so immersed in Black culture? Did you still really start to understand the differences across groups in Black communities, or were you just like, whatever? I'm I'm Black. I'm proud. Like, what was your experience really identifying? These different groups when you were figuring yourself out?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a great question because it was just so it was it was tough because I my black friends, like I totally get it. Like, you know, I've been reading about your history forever. That's <laughs> partially who I am. I love What of Six and Part Two. But also like there's certain things that are just cultural nuances that you'll never understand, right? Like certain things like even in adulthood, like I was talking to a friend about an issue with my parents, like, "Well, just tell your parents to stop." And I'm like, stop. "What? <laughs> where? What is that?" So, right, <laughs> <laughs> so things like that, where it's like, "No, there's just a certain level of respect." Not saying that African Americans don't respect their elders because that's across cultures, but the level of respect that's required of Nigerians is so culturally specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can definitely feel those tensions growing up, and then on, on the flip side, it's like, a lot of, I found a lot of Nigerians, or even really immigrants from a lot of countries, don't understand the black experience. They don't understand things like institutionalized racism. Mm-hmm. So they feel like, oh, black people as a whole should be further along given all the resources that are in America. And I'm like, well, those resources aren't really available to everyone the same way because the system hasn't set up for it not to be available to certain people. But I know that because of the studying I've done and just all the time I've spent amongst black people. So it's like, yeah, it's like kind of the tug of war almost. I really started to feel for mixed people. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, you sound, you know, I share a very similar experience coming to the United States as a young kid. I I think compared to maybe other um, immigrants my age at that point in time, I was such a history buff, right? Like I wanted to read about history. Just not even Black history initially, just all history, right? I really cared about it. And then it wasn't until I got to like seventh, eighth grade where I really started, I did a history fair project and I read a book um, called Separate But Not Equal. And that book really was focusing on like the Jim Crow era and all that. And then it really started to dawn on me, right? Like I started really focusing on Brown the Board of Education. I did a project on that. And when I started to really immerse myself on that, that's when I was like, yo, like this you know you know how back in in grade school they were giving us these big old textbooks we would read and it was just 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 obnoxiously big and you had all these different historical yeah. facts but it was all like white stuff but it wasn't until like 8th <laughs> grade and and I was like oh wow like they don't tell us the entire thing. <laughs> like it, it's not right. that's that's not the, this is not the story that I've been familiar with. Like I always thought, like these were like the white people were the good guys, and <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it's just like oh, snap! Like wow, plot twist. Yeah, like, this isn't.
0: It's so eye opening.
1: Yeah, you know, so it really allowed me to to become more sympathetic, more empathetic, more connected, and. I embrace that black culture and the resilience in black in black blackness in black communities, especially in African American you know communities and the hip hop culture and and just what that has done as far as shaping up a contemporary ways that we go about doing things nowadays is really a lot of hip hop influences, which you know you yep. already know. So it, it's 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 just that, but that tension is there and there's some people who you know uh, believe and I think it's, it's becoming better. Um, and you know, and this is kind of me transitioning into the whole concept of why I think music has played a big role with that. Cause For I talk sure. about it a lot with the Afro beats era and, and hip hop and all that, but, um, I want to know, I know you said already that you, you love music and, and you work in the music industry, but what led you to, to create the, the verse, the, the podcast in which you host and you have a co-host name, is it DRA? Mm-hmm.
0: Dare, who is also Nigerian.
1: Yeah, shout out to Dare. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so what led, what led to you creating that? And I want to know more about that.
0: Sure. Um, so full disclosure, I did not create it. That okay. was actually Dare's brainchild, and I have taken it like it's my own. <laughs> okay. But um, I actually met Dare um, when I moved here. Yeah. Um, I was at a music event for some people that i knew in chicago who were touring and they were at in la and i went to go see them and he was actually cousins with um somebody who worked for the company and so um we got talking he told me he had a hip-hop podcast um and it's funny because i actually used the podcast in chicago for a chicago independent radio project Mm -hmm. um doing artist interviews there and i was really missing it so i mentioned it to Dari, like oh that's cool i actually podcast chicago I would love to do it again, and so he was like, "Oh, cool, that's great!" Like, you know, I'm looking for someone who's knowledgeable about hip hop. Um, just come, come by. You can be a guest one day, and um, I never left. <laughs> that was a year ago. That <laughs> <laughs> I, I never left.
1: That
0: was it. It was like, the rest of
1: history. <laughs> so, what do y'all talk about?
0: So we just have we highlight different either trends in hip hop or um, just things we want to get off our chest, really. Um, okay some examples of episodes we've had have been like uh, the power of the remix. So like songs that the remix are just as good, if not better than the original. Because uh-huh. um, so the whole podcast is centered around a playlist okay. that relates to certain topics. So we'll play songs, like I said, the remix is better than the original or like um, some of our favorite mixtapes. We'll highlight some of those uh-huh. and then play our favorite tracks for them. Um, generally about seven songs. I'll try to throw in some facts about the artists, some any, any awards that the song has won, or like any interesting sample uses, as well as just like our own memories. Because really, at the heart of, of the podcast is nostalgia. And we kind of talk about how the songs made us feel, either when we first heard them or like what memory we have tied to them as well. Because that's the power of music, right? Is that it can transport you Yo. in seconds.
1: Yes. You speak into my heart sis. Like anyone who knows me knows I love music. I want to be I want in. <laughs> like I don't even we can, po- can start this podcast right now and go go to yours. <laughs> like I want in right now. That is fantastic. I um I you know I, I so that means I'm going to I'm going to kind of steal some of that energy for the sake of our mm-hmm. conversation because I think we can really get deep into something. And I'm always looking for people that I can talk Music with, because it's not that many people. Like there are some people who know it on the surface level, but there are few mm. who really can take it there and go on a deeper level and really talk about like just music and and sampling and where just where the sample come from and you remember where you got this from and how you felt when you heard this and you know how, there's something yep. cool about just sitting with some folks and just playing some music either from way back when or some current and just like breaking it down and it's fun. Like if you have the right group really, of people around you. Um, it's, it's an amazing time. So, or even that moment where you play
0: a song and you hear the whole room go, oh. ah, yes. And that's just, that's always so powerful to me. Yes.
1: You know, when they pass you the ox cord and you know what to do with it, I'm telling you, mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's a real thing. You know, what's
1: funny? I have to, I have to go back. So there was a post, I don't know if one of our, you know, uh, for those who are listening, we have a mutual friend, uh, April. And, uh, and, um, so... I saw a post and I think they referred to you and they re- and it spoke to me because what I learned especially when I was in LA for that uh for the summer, right? What really ticks me is people who can't transition well in the club. And I remember we I remember we had a we had a mutual connection about that and I realized at first I used to think I was the only one like yo, I used to think I was the only petty petty Murphy over there
0: because I, have,
1: because I have I I I I tend to have uh, I like to kind of like DJ on the side. I'm not I'm not no big DJ, but I'm working on it. You know what I mean? So like I like putting music <laughs> together. You feel me? And I'm very really? key on being able to have good blend transitions. And yo, when I was yeah. in LA, I don't know. Like I wasn't feeling it's what I so heard. Bad. It was t rash. Like I was upset it was so abrupt like what? i'm like you're just playing your playlist right like you you spotify the hell out of me What, what is right. this and like like why why can't you find the right beat per minute and blend it in or just match it <laughs> match it properly yeah and blend it yeah and it's like the djs who really do that well out here are transplants. uh they from another they from another
0: city like yeah exactly i'm like what is it i don't understand but yeah, April is so sick of me, because I say that every time we go through, they like, wow, that was trash. It was,
1: <laughs> like, I was sitting there, and I know Candace, and then they were just looking at me, roll my eyes, like, I can't get, get cheeky to this. I can't get to this. I know,
0: I, I know,
1: this. now
0: I'm throwing off,
1: the vibe is gone. The vibe is gone, you know what I'm saying? And, I'm a- and so I just, I just wanted to corroborate and let you know that I, feel, I was with you. <laughs> Why, thank on a, you. On a spiritual level. <laughs> I connected with you on that, but on a music tip. So, like, what's favorite artist? Favorite like music? Like, what type of genre in hip hop? Like, what do you? What, I want to. I want to know what you're working with with the with the music tip.
0: Um. So, my favorite hip hop group slash artist, how's that way? Is a Tribe Called Quest.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> so creative, and like the to have two MCs with incredibly unique voices and dope flows to match is just it, it's so rare
1: very rare i mean you
0: usually get you usually get one or the other like one person has really unique voice another has really dope flow or like they both have a dope flow but their voices are taking or leave it like nah and the use of samples was just unparalleled
1: you know what my favorite you know what my favorite um tribe called quest song is and I, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't rock with this, but I love this song. It, it got me through a lot of stuff at U of I. Um, Stressed Out? Stressed Out. I knew,
0: as soon as you said U of I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo,
1: Stressed Out Ooh. was a
0: hit for me. Like,
1: I can't, I still play that song sometimes. It's,
0: Absolutely. That's probably common sense. It's probably best verse ever to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, the consequence, he just did a thing on that song. I mean that's the thing too. They were really bringing out the best of people because Consequence had an amazing verse in that song, and then mm-hmm. Buster Rhymes on Scenario, mm-hmm. oh, incredible. incredible. Because you know when you work with people who are as talented as Fife and Q Tip are, oh yeah, or were. Rest in peace, Fife, yeah. You have to come with it.
1: Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't back down there. So like, so what's your favorite album from them?
0: Ooh, you're gonna make me do this on a public platform? No, you, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to. You know, no pressure, no pressure. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I just, I mean, honestly, it depends on like the month okay. because sometimes I'm like, the love movie was incredible. Jay Dilla gave some of his great beats Jay there, slept Dilla. on, but as soon I'm oh, like, oh, Jay Dilla, you know, why you have
1: to bring that yeah. name, Jay Dilla? Jay Dilla, oh, you have to, Jay Dilla, yo, man, yeah. the, the instrumentals from
0: Jay Dilla, I... mm.
1: sheesh. I'm sorry. Without
0: I just, Dilla, I mean, we don't get the best of the roots that we did get. We don't get the best of D'Angelo that we you got. Get like, the he best was the either. That whole oh. soul aquarium.
1: Oh my God. Jake Dilla, R.I.P. He he really no. was a huge, huge part of that Neo soul groovy. Absolutely. Move. Oh my God. Yeah,
0: the soul Aquarian. He was right at the center of it.
1: Yeah. Dwelle, all them people that came that mm-hmm. during that era, they just, the, the J Dilla movement was huge. Oh, man, you just, I, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's deep. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> that's real, that's
0: real. Yeah, I love all of that. And then even like a uh, little brother, yep. group, Village, particularly Fonte. I've always said Fonte is the most talented man in music to me. I haven't
1: really known too much about Little Brother. I know I've kind of rocked with Slum Village, but not enough Little Brother. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, very similar sounds, yeah. but uh, you know, Little Brother they're from North Carolina, so they're kind of country. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Fonte is just like an amazing singer and rapper, and the fact that he could do Little Brother and Foreign Exchange,
1: Foreign Exchange, you know, I got incredible. Put on, I got put onto them. Um, they're really good. They they just dropped. They dropped a song called Um Better. Uh, mm-hmm. and with uh with Eric Roberson. Oh. And
0: Ooh, I love Eric Roberson. I'm talking, yeah, oh my
1: god, Eric Roberson. Why does he not get enough credit? Like why is he so underrated? Is I just, don't know.
0: Eric but he's because he's been at it forever. He's yeah. been at it since the nineties. He's been doing it for a minute. Like, his
1: albums are amazing. His mixtapes are amazing. He does, he had, he had his, even his recent Earth, Wind & Fire collection that he Mm -hmm. just put together was phenomenal. The messaging behind it, like, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, you know what, maybe it's just me. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe people don't appreciate, and and maybe, I don't know, I'm going to ask you too, but I feel like people don't appreciate lyrics that mean something anymore because
0: he Uh Uh-oh, we get no. He was preaching to me. But he my had, parents were saying they're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, it's all about beats. Huh? It's all about beats. It's all about beats. Not and even I'm... instrumentals. Because you can easily not have instruments. Yeah. It's all about beats. It's, it's you know, and, like,
1: people will sit and say, like, yeah, man, like, you know, I, I rock with beats. But you mm-hmm. got to give me, you know, the instrumental. you got to give me some good. Like, some lyrics that actually, like that means something that can resonate like eric robson right. got a song he did with glenn lewis called superman and like that song is so good the words he got a, he did a, he, he dropped another song in that same album um called million dollars mm-hmm. and it's it was it like the messaging i'm just like man i'm look, listening to it and i'm just like he really talking some like really good stuff, and yeah. When is the last time I've actually heard like a song in which the the artist was actually trying to tell you something for you to use yeah. to apply? You know what I mean? And right, you just don't get that anymore. Like at least rarely, because everybody wants to. Everybody wants to get on a beat. Like producers out here are winning. Let's just be real. Like <laughs> yeah, producers yeah. are killing the
0: game. Checks are nice but there's something to be said about being able to set a scene like Eric Roberson stick with him for a minute like he mm-hmm. has a song called um, We Can't Get Away yep I know exactly what you're talking Isn't about just, yep yep does that song not that the scene perfectly yes <laughs> and it's not even just R&B because I mean Big was excellent for that too mm-hmm. I've never sold drugs in my life but <laughs> I could visualize that right. because he was so descriptive in right. his imagery right and I, I do miss that Oh, not saying it's all gone, but it's not what's was hot anymore, you know.
1: I see why y'all stuck in the nineties though. Like
0: for real. Yeah. For real. Because
1: that, <laughs> it's hard to get out of it, you know, like Yeah. I mean, I I think what do you think about this era's music? I know we talked about us all beats, but what if how do you really feel about the music of today? I mean, I think there's some good things out there for sure, but I don't I mean, I don't, I don't know.
0: That's the thing, you have to like really look for it. Um, like The hip-hop that I like these days isn't really like, quote-unquote, like, rap as such. Like, I'll listen to anything Anderson Mm Potts does. Mm -hmm. That's considered hip-hop, but Mm -hmm. it's more funky than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been really on R&B lately, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's starting to come back. For for a long time, I think R&B was taking the hip-hop soul thing a little too far, and going Mm -hmm. too far into hip-hop, and being more rappers than singers. Yeah. Um, but I think R&B's making a comeback so like I'm actually I really like Jacquees' new album Uh Snow Allegra's album is incredible yes it is Snow Allegra um, yep. yeah so projects like that so I think R&B's on the come up hip hop is like you have to have them be in the mood for it right and the and mood for certain stuff cause J. Cole's album and Megan Stallion's album very different yep. I enjoy both of them yep. <laughs> <laughs> but not at the same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, you rock
1: with, I, God, I, for, I don't want to say her name wrong, but it's N.A.O. Oh, N.A.O., yeah. It's oh, I was to see her
0: here last year. Oh, what your... I love her. Her voice is so her unique. Once again, so I have a thing for unique voices,
1: I guess. It is. You know who I used to think had a really unique voice until I heard of N.A.O.? Um, I, I Kareem Bailey Ray. I was thinking. Oh, yep. She has a unique voice, but N.A.O. took me to another level. Neo um, is like a powerhouse though Lord, it's, man Yeah, she's something special um, do, you rock yeah. with, do you rock with Summer Walker? Her new album?
0: I do like Summer Walker I like her album a lot um, I think she's, her, her team kind of set up for failure And she's getting a lot of backlash that she may not deserve mm-hmm. um, With her whole meet and greet Yeah, yeah, her, she, her publicity diversity. right now
1: is Her, P, her PR is, is, is uh, yeah, shaky right
0: now yeah, I'm like, no, your clients, man. But I did like the album. I did like it a lot. Um, I wish the songs were a bit longer. Mm, me too. But I get it. M- Leads people wanting more. Rihanna does, a- does that to me all the time. Here <laughs>
1: Rihanna, Rihanna's bamboozled all. Like, she's bamboozled us all. <laughs> like, oh, bamboozled yeah. us all. Um, she said,
0: I'm getting makeup money. Money and the album for.
1: So, okay. Then Snow... Ale- no, not Snow Allegra. Summer Walker or Ari Lennox?
0: Ooh, they're... They're very... <sighs> Right. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with Ari. Hmm. Um, I feel like Ari's music speaks a bit more to me where I am now. Okay. I, I relate like to Summer's al- album because it's where I was it's maybe five years ago or so. Okay. And it's like, man, I know what that's like, but Ari's like, Oh, I that was living that last week.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. I dig, <laughs> I dig that. I dig
0: that, I dig that. Yeah. But definitely not for the talent. They're both insanely
1: talented. Yeah, I mean, so there are some, there are some people that are coming in, like some little pockets of like artists that I that I try to find. Anderson Park for sure. I mean, like I said, Summer Walker, Ari Lennox. Um, damn, there was another you like Sid. One. Sid, yeah, definitely Sid. Um, I loved her on the internet though, and I, I mean, I hope mm-hmm. she's still part of it. I hope she hasn't like completely broken off of it. But yeah, they're still they're still together. Okay, cool. Because yeah, they are. Sid, is, Sid and the internet are the truth. Um, Sir, Daniel Caesar. Um Then uh, there's some other like low-key. Uh, there's like Alex Isley I'm into. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's another, uh, you know, a, a musician. He's not necessarily like, like Neo Soul, but really good, talented Black artist. Leon Bridges. I don't know if you've ever heard of him
0: Oh yeah Leon. I haven't actually gotten a chance to see him live but I heard his live show is incredible. Yo, Leon
1: Bridges is special. And <laughs> like yeah. he definitely takes yeah. you back to a time before you, but he makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're part of you were part of that. Like if you just watch his and I, I I'm a big like NPR Tiny Desk concert guy.
0: Oh my gosh, you and Daria would get along so well. He said he runs his tiny desk every single episode of the (laughs)
1: verse. Oh, like tell 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 him to call me. I'll put him on the show too, (laughs) because we can talk Tiny Desk concert like all day. Because I watch it and I just appreciate the sheer talent that comes on there. I think Burner Boy just did one. I need to check that out. But like listening to Leon Brie, you should check it out if you haven't. Like listen to his. Um, Tiny Desk concert performance, and you just feel like, man, like I'm at a time that I know have no idea <laughs> about, but it feels like I knew yeah. this all my life. Like he, as yeah. you talk about how music can make you feel nostalgic and just like travel through time, like it's a connector. He, it is. That's the best way to put it. It's a connector. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like I
0: remember, like one day, like I was like sitting in the living room singing Bill with my grandma. Like, I was not alive when, you know, Sunshine came out. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> but we both like, knew all the words. But you
1: feel like it, you were. Like, you feel like you were alive back then. Oh, speaking exactly. of, you, you know another person that, um, have you heard of Sunid Harnett?
0: I have. I haven't checked her out, though, but she's definitely appeared on my uh, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. She's a little, she's a British artist.
1: Um, she, Brits are she, coming, man. man. they're coming hard. <laughs> they're coming hard, Says <laughs> so like, they are coming. And sometimes you don't even know, like. Who, if they, if like Marsha
0: Burgess, like who? Marsha Burgess from Floetry. Yes,
1: yes. um yeah. I totally forgot. I didn't even realize she was British until I heard her like speak just randomly. Mm-hmm. But her her album, um, not her solo album, not the
0: f- early yeah, early morning.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. That was good, and she she had a couple other ones. She got a song that she did that had a little bit of a reggae um, reggae style called "Have You Ever." That song was really good too. And then she did another one that was she she did another one that I was trying to and I, this is when we talk about like sampling and stuff. And I was trying to get my wife to like peep the song that she, where where she got it from. She did a song called um, uh ooh she sampled Michael Jackson, and I'm trying to oh
0: right.
1: was it a uh, stay no, no no uh it was give me a second it was called love you and it and she and oh yeah you know what i'm talking about
0: um mm-hmm. and she yes sampled, i love that song yeah. that was like the perfect single choice for that album
1: yes and she definitely and she definitely sampled from michael Jackson, and it was so hard for people to like she could my my wife could not get it she was just like I don't know where she got this from. Like this is <laughs> yeah. so. For me, it's always try It's always fun to try to figure out where did this, where they get this sample from. Like, there's some songs that I didn't even realize were sampled from like other songs in the past until like later on.
0: Um, so- yeah, so- and so you hear more music.
1: Yeah, and it makes you go back and like explore if you really care about that type of stuff, man. So
0: exactly, it's so fascinating to me how people can utilize samples like um on the verse we actually did a few episodes about sampling we would highlight a different artist and pick out like notable samples mm-hmm. and uh like i didn't realize that the song twerk by city girls and cardi b samples james brown wait what yeah seriously <laughs> i know and i was like that's so creative yeah. and like you would never pair james brown and city girls yeah. but it's music for you yeah. it does it for you Oh wow. Now I
1: have, now I have to go back and look. Like where did they sample that from? Yep. That?
0: Like they sampled a horn.
1: I know that Earth, Wind and Fire get sampled a lot. Uh especially. Absolutely. With, like, yep. like Yeah, especially with like I remember I mean, obviously everybody knows like Jay Z used them a lot, like Kanye used mm-hmm. them a lot. But yeah, that, that was um that's a popular one. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else gets
0: sampled a lot. Isaac Hayes. Yep. Yep. We did episode on him. Isaac Hayes. Isaac brothers. They get temple a lot. Yep. Isaac brothers. Stevie Wonder. Yep.
1: yep. Man, the influences of time on time is just is just amazing. But I don't want to take. Yeah. I don't want to steal your your shine from the verse. But I just. I really. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I'm enjoying yes. this probably. Likewise. Probably. Probably way too much. But I definitely got to get on the show. I'll, I'm trying to stick to the time. I think we are. We definitely have hit the 40-minute mark, which is fine, which is fine. Like I said, I normally, like, if the conversation is flowing. Is flowing. Is there anything, before we start wrapping up, is there anything else that, that you're passionate about that you want to share with our audience? Do you want to let them know a little bit more about your show, your
0: experiences? What's up? Hmm. Um, I guess something about, like, respecting Black culture. I feel like that's not... That's becoming more movement now, but I feel like we need to be better about calling out appropriation Mm. or just incorrect facts. And I say that because I was on Twitter today, actually, and this uh, one woman who was not black uh, tweeted about how Drake normalized like singing in hip-hop music. And I'm like, nah. (laughs) Like, that's so incorrect. And as a woman in hip-hop, you should know better. And as a non-black person, hip hop for real, you should know better. Um, And so, I mean, and that's just erases people like Nelly, Ja Rule, Quante, who I mentioned, even LL Cool J, he wasn't necessarily singing, but he was making softer records. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I Need Love, which is a song that is so mushy and I don't like it, but I appreciate (laughs) the sentiment. (laughs) Well, it's like, you weren't hearing things like that, you know, back then. So, um, I feel like, Making sure that we don't let people rewrite our history yeah. is very important. So don't be afraid to check somebody is what I'm getting at, basically.
1: I mean, you're right. That's that's big facts because I think, um, you know, I think sometimes, especially with people really being heavily dependent on what's on social media compared mm-hmm. to actually going back and just looking up the info themselves and they would learn that a lot of these things that is being shared aren't always 100% accurate um if right. not, most times aren't um, because that's a very 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 easy way for black culture to be not just like disrespected but they can be it can be contaminated and you have to try to protect it at all costs <laughs> especially Absolutely. especially the music you know like you know not to get too deep but you, you try your very best not to contaminate Black music because, I mean, he, as for those who really know what music did for Black people back then and now, it got people through things, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you can't then go and try to start taking credit or trying to be a vulture and try to, you know, Misinform people about the impact of, you know, hip hop culture and what is done for black music overall. Like you can't do that. Like that's not real.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, it's happened before, right? Like we thought we've seen the, the way Elvis is created as being a king of rock and we're all like, oh, you act like Lil Richard wasn't there the whole time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like people forget that they've been stealing for, for years.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. So what do you think about Afrobeats? Are you big on it? You know, no? I like Afrobeats, but I am honestly I honestly have more of a passive relationship with Afrobeats. People assume because I'm Nigerian that I'm, like, an Afrobeats expert. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I guess everything I said about appropriation ap- applies, right? Because it's, Afrobeats is becoming more mainstream, but I need, like, Nigerian artists to get their due. I need, you know, artists who are actually from the continent to get their proper credit. Mm-hmm. That's why I really appreciated Beyonce, you know, bringing everybody with her for The Lion King. Yeah. Not soundtrack. That was big. <laughs> that was
1: huge for that was huge for the movement. That was huge for the movement. It was. Um, but, now,
0: but yeah, I'm like I'm there's like I like songs here and there, but I'm not necessarily an expert in it. Uh-huh. Um I do like the collaborations that are coming about, for sure. Yeah. Um and I appreciate Burner Boy because not only did he have a dope album, but he also made it a history lesson. Yeah. Definitely which as you can tell I'm passionate about, about
1: that. that. That was huge. That was huge. And I mean, I think I have to go back to I mean, Burna Boy, we you know, I kind of mentioned it a while back that Burna Boy was on the up and up and then um in the, in the first season of this podcast and then I also was um with with AfroBeats. I think with Beyoncé, I mean, Drake tried. Let me let me go back yeah. and mention that Drake tried. Yeah.
0: He really put, did.
1: He was bringing up some of these artists because he was really getting big with his kid and all that. So Drake tried to open doors. But you, we understand the magnitude of Beyonce doing something compared to Drake. Like, not to say Drake ain't up there, but we know the influence and the gravitas of Beyonce. And for Beyonce right. to do that, like to bring in all these African, you know, these artists, you know, from the continent and put them on T.Y. Savage... Wizkid like Mr. Easy like putting all these mm-hmm. people on. I mean, now they're doing collabs everywhere. So we can't yeah. sit and pretend like that wasn't a big move because I mean, Mr. Easy just did a song with with Lil Baby and and uh mm-hmm. and, and then uh somebody Burna Boy did a song with Ty Dolla Sign, and he's doing songs with Georgia Smith and he's doing songs with all these other people now. Ty Savage is doing songs with Omarion. I mean, they are so they they're the collab is is now more frequent and it's becoming part of the black music culture and you can say the appropriation of some sorts you know but like people are now feeling like it's okay to do music with an african artist and it's going
0: to be a hit you know and he played on the radio and i love that it. it's about time because that is. tension between black americans and you know first generation africans is just it's been going on for too long so again music as a bridge yeah. If this is happening on this level, maybe it can trickle down.
1: Yeah. That's 100% fact, sis. Um, so, and I think that's a good note in which we can end it. But this was fun. <laughs> like, was a lot of fun. This was Thank fun. you so much for having me. Yes, we just gisted for a good 48 minutes <laughs> like straight heat. <laughs> I hope our listeners enjoyed it. But um, yes, yes. Uh, Leslie, thank you so much. But jumping on the show for gisting With Me, do you have a a social media account or a media account for the podcast that you want to share with our listeners so they can stay in contact with you or even be able to listen and subscribe to your show?
0: Yeah, sure. So we are mostly active on Instagram, um, at Versecast, and um, you can find us on any platform other than SoundCloud, so Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, uh, type in The Verse. All right.
1: And please don't forget to add me on the show. Just put me on your queue list or your guest list, whatever I need to do. We'll brainstorm
0: topics that you want to talk about and we will make it happen. Let me know.
1: I'm down. I'm down for whatever, man. But thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate your time all the way in Cali, taking the time to sit on your couch and just rap with me about everything that you're about. And I know that our listeners are going to enjoy it. Um, I wish you a blessed day or night. (laughs) Whatever time it is. Of the time zone on time. <laughs> but um, have a good one. And thank you so much for joining My Black is Transnational.
0: Thank you. You too. Right.
1: So that's going to conclude this episode of My Black is Transnational. I'd like to thank our guest, Ms. Leslie Guam, for joining me on the show and gisting with me. It was such a good time. If you'd like to learn more about the show or you want to actually be a guest on the let just episode you can find out more about us by going on our website at wwwblacktransnationalwebsitecom podcast you can also follow the podcast on instagram at black transnational podcast and you can also follow my personal account on instagram at black transnational underscore we're also on twitter at mbtransnational so i thank you all for listening and i'll be signing off for now until next time my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.